0: We're going to be in Luke chapter 11 and verse 14. Luke chapter 11 and verse 14. Recently, I was in a bookstore and I saw this book, How to Get Rich. And I thought, you know what? That is the kind of book that a lot of people are going to want to buy. Well, I later found out it's not about money. But, uh Uh, But isn't that true? People are looking for something to satisfy the desire, the deepest desires of their heart. And some people look in their vocation, some people look in uh, a spouse or something like that. Some people may look through their kids or through a a job or a a hobby or something. They think, well, if I can just find the right thing, uh, my life will have meaning and I'll have joy in my life. But the fact is, nothing can truly satisfy our hearts but Jesus. And so we need him in our lives. And uh, this scripture here today, um, Jesus begins to describe some things about himself. Uh, he heals a person and sets them free from a demon. Uh, and people begin to question him. And he begins to, to converse with them and talk with them. And as he does, he reveals some things about himself. But he's not just revealing some things about himself for the sake of information. He wants them to respond to what he is telling them by seeking him and by trying to live a life that is dedicated uh, to him. And so uh, as we hear the truth about Jesus, we need to respond to him by seeking him uh, with all our heart. Uh, The title of my message is Reasons to Respond to Jesus. And so look at verse 14. He says, Now he was driving out a demon that was mute. When the demon came out, the man who had been mute spoke, and the crowds were amazed. But some of them said, He drives out demons by Beelzebub, the ruler of demons. And others, as a test, were demanding of him a sign from heaven. Knowing their thoughts, he told them, Every kingdom divided against itself is headed for destruction. And a house divided against itself falls. If Satan also is divided against himself, how will his kingdom stand? For you say, I drive out demons by Beelzebub. And if I drive out demons by Beelzebub, who is it your sons drive them out by? For this reason, they will be your judges. If I drive out demons by the finger of God, then the kingdom of God has come to you. When a strong man, fully armed, guards his estate, his possessions are secure. But when one stronger than he attacks and overpowers him, he takes from him all his weapons he trusted in and divides up his plunder. Anyone who is not with me is against me, and anyone who does not gather with me scatters. When an unclean spirit comes out of a man, it roams through waterless places looking for rest And not finding rest, it then says, I'll go back to my house where I came from. And returning, it finds the house swept and put in order. Then it goes and brings seven other spirits more evil than itself, and they enter and settle there. As a result, that man's last condition is worse than the first. As he was saying these things, a woman from the crowd raised her voice and said to him, The womb that bore you and the one that nursed you is blessed. He said, Even more Those who hear the word of God and keep it are blessed. As the crowds were increasing, he began saying, this generation is an evil generation. It demands a sign, but no sign will be given it except the sign of Jonah. For just as Jonah became a sign to the people of Nineveh, so the Son of Man will be to this generation. The Queen of the South will rise up at the judgment uh, with the men of this generation and condemn them. Because she came from the ends of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon. And look, something greater than Solomon is here. The men of Nineveh will rise up at the judgment with this generation and condemn it. Because they repented at Jonah's proclamation. And look, something greater than Jonah is here. No one lights a lamp and puts it in the cellar or under a basket. But on a lampstand so that those who come in may see its light. Your eye is the lamp of the body. When your eye is good, your whole body is also full of light. But when it is bad, your whole body is also full of darkness. Take care then that the light in you is not darkness. If therefore your whole body is full of light with no part of it in darkness, it will be entirely illuminated as when a lamp shines its light on you. As he was speaking, a Pharisee asked him to dine with him. So he went in and reclined at the table When the Pharisee saw this, he was amazed that he did not first perform the ritual washing before dinner. But the Lord said to him, now you Pharisees clean the outside of the cup and the dish, but inside you are full of greed and evil. Fools, didn't he who make the outside make the inside too? But give from what is within to the poor, and then everything is clean for you. But woe to you Pharisees, you give a tenth of mint, rue, and every kind of herb, and you bypass justice and love for God. These things you should have done without neglecting the others. Woe to you, Pharisees. You love the front seat at the synagogues and greetings in the marketplace. Woe to you. You You're like the unmarked grave that people walk over and don't know it. One of the experts in the law answered him, Teacher, when you say these things, you insult us too. Then he said, Woe to you, experts in the law. You load people with burdens that are hard to carry, yet you yourselves don't touch these burdens with one of your fingers. Woe to you. You build monuments to the prophets, and your fathers killed them. Therefore, you are witnesses that you approve the deeds of your father, for they killed them, and you build their monuments. Because of this, the wisdom of God said, I will send them prophets and apostles, and some of them they will kill and persecute, so that this generation may be held responsible for the blood of all the prophets shed since the foundation of the world. For from the blood of Abel to the blood of Zechariah, who perished between the altar and the and the sanctuary. Yes, I tell you, this generation will be held responsible. What do you experts in the law, you have taken away the key of knowledge. You didn't go in yourselves and you hindered those who were going in. When he left there, the scribes and Pharisees began to oppose him fiercely and to cross-examine him about many things. They were lying in wait for him to trap him in something he said. All right. Um Reasons to respond to Jesus. What are the reasons we should respond to Jesus? Well, the first reason is his power. His power. Now, he, has, he heals the mute man, and it, it provokes a discussion. And they're saying, well, he, he heals by the power of Beelzebub. It's another name for Satan. Uh, he heals by Satan's power. And so Jesus says, well, that doesn't even make any sense. Um, why would Satan fight against himself? And so he, he presents a case, but then he goes on and, and he says these words in verse 21 and 22. He says, when a strong man, fully armed, guards his estate, his possessions are secure. Who's the strong man? The devil. And I like verse 22. But when one stronger than he attacks and overpowers him, he takes from him all his weapons he trusted in and divides up his plunder. Who's the stronger one? Jesus. Jesus. <laughs> and uh, he's saying, look, I want to tell you the reason I can cast out demons because I'm more powerful than the devil is. Now, he goes right on, and he begins to talk about uh, uh, the demons going away from a house and coming back to him, and you find out the house is a person, uh, and he says that he gets seven more wicked spirits than himself and comes, and the last state of the man is worse than the first. What's he talking about? Jesus is saying, look, you need to understand something. Not only am I more powerful than the devil is, but without me, you can't resist the devil. You need to join me. <laughs> and I, th- I believe that's God's message to us from this scripture today. If you don't know Christ, you need to join him. Join him. Uh, also, join him as a child of God in obedience, living that obedient life so that you can walk in the fullness of the Holy Spirit and exercise that authority that Jesus has given us over the evil spirits. When I say in the name of Jesus Christ, leave, the devil has to leave. Why? Because I said it? Well, I have the authority to say it, but it's because Jesus' power is exercised as I say that. So, Jesus is saying, look, you need to join me. Join me in my work. I love what he said to uh, Peter. He says, "Uh, you're Peter, and upon this rock I'll build my church, and the gates of hell Will not prevail against it. Uh, We need to respond to Jesus because as we respond to him first at salvation, but then also in obedience in our Christian walk, the devil himself can't stand against us. God's will will be done through us as we respond to him in obedience. There's nothing that can stop the will of God. Isn't it amazing? We were talking about Paul this morning. And how he went from place to place and was persecuted and had to leave after a week and a half in some cases. Uh, Even though that was the case, God's work flourished. And the gospel spread. And one of those churches was Thessalonica. And the scripture tells us in the letter to the Thessalonians uh, that uh, God actually used them to be great evangelistic witnesses for him. So not only was there a church established there, but there's all these evangelists in the church at Thessalonica. They're just spreading the word of God everywhere. And the people that come into the port and those who are are involved in that city are hearing the gospel. And it's being spread all over uh, that area and region. Uh, This is the power of God. Persecution comes against Paul, and, and it is not defeated, the work of God is not defeated. Why? Because he serves a Savior who is able. He has all power. Uh, the gates of hell cannot stand against the purpose of God. That's one reason we need to respond to Jesus, because he's powerful. His power is worth our uh, joining him. Uh, You remember when you were on the playground, and and did you ever get to pick teams? You know, sometimes it's awkward if you're being picked, (laughs) but if you're picking, it may not be that bad, Uh, but what do you do if you're picking teams? You usually choose the very best player that you can find. Why? Because you can win, you know. uh, We had this guy uh, when I was growing up named Shannon Arwood, and Shannon Arwood, I stood about that tall. Shannon Arwood stood about that tall. Guess what? He got picked almost. He was almost the first one every time. <laughs> there's nobody when you play football. There's nobody could stop him. I mean, he was big, and so um, that's kind of the idea here. Why would you pick the devil's side, the world's side, when you could pick Christ? Uh, join him and and live in his power and his victory and his joy. Um. Being a child of God is is one of those things. It's it's amazing because as we live for God, yes, there may be difficulty. There may be persecution. But we can have the joy of Christ within. We can have eternal rewards as we serve Christ. The purpose of Christ will be fulfilled through our lives. And then guess what? One day, I'm going to glory. Listen. His power, he gives me eternal life. And he sustains me through the suffering and the difficulty and everything else that I face. And he helps me to accomplish his purpose. But then, it doesn't end there. His power, one day, if I, if I die before Jesus returns, he'll say, Roger, get up. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fly up to meet him in the air. And, and it, because of his power, my, my future is certain. Uh, listen. God has given us a Savior that is like no other. Join Him. Join Him in salvation. Join Him uh, in obedience in your life. And see the work that God will do through your life. It's important to respond to Jesus. We ought to respond to Him. Why? First of all, because of His power. But secondly, because of His wisdom. Um, Look at verses 27 and 28. The woman says, The woman that... Boy, you're the one who nursed you is blessed. In other words, Mary, Mary's a lucky mama. But Jesus refocuses it, right? He says, even more, those who hear the word of God and keep it are blessed. You see, Jesus had two groups of people who were listening to him that day. He had the Pharisees and the teachers of the law and the people that really didn't want to listen to him. They had made up their minds already when they came to hear Jesus, and they weren't, they weren't open to following him. And then you had another group that was genuinely seeking Christ. Uh, and so there's these two groups, and Jesus is saying, look, you want to know what blessed life is? It's to hear the Word of God and keep it. Now, they had the Word of God in the Old Testament. It was written Word of God, but they also had the living Word of God. Jesus Christ himself was standing in the midst of them and they had the opportunity to hear the word of God and keep it and to have the blessing and the joy that came as a result of it. I want you to know there is a blessing in obeying Christ, hearing the word of God and keeping it. Um, People think, uh, well, you know, if I'm a Christian, um, all my fun will be gone. I'll have no fun. I'll have no no joy. I tell you what, that's a lie from the pit of hell. The opposite is true. If you want to know true joy, if you want to have true satisfaction in life, hear the Word of God and keep it. Put your trust in Christ. Follow Him with all your heart. And you find what what is true life and what is true joy. And ultimately, you have a greater reward later to come. Jesus' wisdom was great. I love when they sent the the temple guards to, to, to arrest him. You remember how that went? And, and they, they just get, they begin to listen to what Jesus is saying, and, and they're just spellbound sitting there listening. Oh, well, we come back, and we, we forgot to arrest him. Nobody, where is he? We forgot to arrest him. Nobody ever spoke like this man before. His wisdom was so great. And and then you remember on the way to Emmaus, the the two disciples were there after Jesus had had been crucified. He'd he'd risen, but they didn't know it yet. And uh, they didn't recognize Jesus at first. And Jesus is opening up the Word of God to them. And one of them says, Didn't our hearts burn within us as He spoke to us along the way and opened the Scriptures to us? You see, it's the wisdom. Of Christ, Nobody ever spoke like he did. Uh, his wisdom was unlike any other. Even Solomon, as he goes on to say. Hey, Solomon, you, you've heard of Solomon. you heard when the Queen of Sheba went to visit Solomon. I going to tell you, somebody's greater is here. Jesus' wisdom was unlike any other wisdom. It was the wisdom of God himself. And so, uh, how do we respond? Well, we listen to him, and we obey him. That's that's the response, and so when you come to the Word of God, um, don't take it lightly, but listen carefully to what you hear. If you're in Sunday school class, if you're in church service, or uh, listen carefully to what you hear. If you're reading your your Bible in your quiet time, uh, listen carefully as you read for the for the message that's there, and then follow it. And as you do, you'll find joy in your life in following jesus Um, so jesus power is one reason we should respond to him his wisdom is another reason thirdly his resurrection look at verse 29 as the crowds were increasing he began saying this generation is an evil generation it demands a sign but no sign will be given to it except the sign of jonah For just as Jonah became a sign to the people of Nineveh, so also the Son of Man will be to this generation. Now, Luke doesn't spell out what the sign is, but Matthew does. Matthew tells us that just as Jonah was in the belly of the fish for three days and then came out, you know, the whale, or we don't know if it's a whale, but it's a fish of some kind, got indigestion and threw Jonah up. Isn't that a lovely picture? Threw him up after three days, uh, up on the beach, and God says, "Okay, go to Nineveh." And he goes, you know, uh, So he's in the fish three days, comes up out, of it. And, and, and let's face it, most of the time when you go into a fish, it's a one-way journey. <laughs> uh, you don't come back out, and so it's a kind of a picture. It was it was a picture, and oftentimes Scripture had pictures of things in Jesus' life in these Old Testament prophetic. Uh, things that took place. And Jonah was a picture of the fact that Jesus would die and be buried uh, in a grave for three days and then he would arise from the dead. That was the sign, the sign of Jonah. And so they're asking for all these signs. Jesus said, I'm just giving you one, the sign of Jonah. But listen, it ought to be enough. Can you think of a greater sign than the one... Who says, okay, death, you don't have power over me. I'm getting out of here. <laughs> getting up out of the tomb. And uh, what, what power is that? What greater sign could there be than that? Um, it's amazing to me all the different theories skeptics will come up with to try to disprove the resurrection. But they ended up sounding crazier than the, than the actual belief that Jesus rose from the dead. Well, his atoms dispersed and came back together outside of the tomb. Was, I think that was one of the theories. And, you know, I mean, there's all kinds of these crazy theories. The fact is, not only was there an empty tomb. The Jewish authorities could not. They had put a guard there. And the guard couldn't. I mean, they, they saw the angel come down and they just passed out and, and and so uh they couldn't stop jesus from raising from the dead and they couldn't produce the body and neither could the romans when you think about that and you think about the money and the resources the roman empire had in the 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 um the power uh, of the emperors who hated Christianity and who persecuted Christians and put them to death. All they would have had to do was produce the body of Jesus, but they couldn't. Not only that, but Jesus appeared to over 500 witnesses. He ate with them. They touched him. And they felt, hey, I'm not a ghost. Touch me and find out, you know. Uh, and, and, And Jesus... Um, Talked with them and spent a, a season of time with them before he ascended. It was a, it was an amazing, awesome sign that God gave the nation of Israel. But many of them didn't believe it. Isn't that the case for for some? Uh, they they no matter what you do, they're they're not going to be convinced because they've made up their minds already, right? And so um, there will always be another theory of how it wasn't Jesus or it didn't happen or whatever. But, but God has given an amazing, amazing sign uh, to the people of God and, and to the world. Uh, the scripture actually records the resurrection in the pages of 1 Corinthians while the witnesses were still living. And Paul in one place says, hey, this wasn't done in a corner. Go ask people. They're still alive. You just go ask them. Talk to the eyewitnesses. This is the sign. Now listen, Jesus gave them an amazing sign, but he knew they weren't going to believe. That's why he said, I'm just giving you one. If you don't believe that, you're not going to believe any of it. We ought to believe Jesus. because We ought to respond to Jesus because of his resurrection. Because of Jesus' resurrection, he can deliver on his promise to give the abundant life. He can deliver on his promise to grant heaven. He can deliver on his promise when he said you will receive power after the holy spirit's come upon you and you'll be my witnesses. We ought to respond to Jesus because of of what he has done in his resurrection, it shows who he is. It shows that there he is someone like no other. So Trust Him to do His work of resurrection in you, like we talked about this morning, when you're at the end of yourself. Trust Him to to supply what you need, uh, to supply the strength you need. Uh, Trust Him to uh, turn situations around that are bad. Uh, Trust Him to sustain you in the difficult times of life because He is the God of the resurrection. Um, Respond to Him. So, reasons to respond to Jesus, first of all, his power, secondly, his wisdom, thirdly, his resurrection, and finally, fourthly, his greatness, his greatness. Jesus is talking to them, and he says, hey, you, the, the queen of the south will rise up in judgment, the queen of Sheba. She's going to say, hey, you guys, you missed it. Uh, she'll rise up in judgment with the men of this generation and condemn them because she came from the ends of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon. And look, something or someone greater than Solomon is here—greater than Solomon. Now, if you're an Israelite, that's a, that's a pretty high praise. Now, you could probably, you could definitely look at some people who were more spiritual than Solomon. But as far as prosperity and power, the time of Solomon's reign was the zenith of Israel's existence. They had wealth, they had prosperity, uh, everything that they needed. And and the borders of Israel were wider during Solomon's reign than at at any other time before. Um, He's greater than Solomon. This is what Jesus is saying. Uh, and then he says, they, uh, the men of Nineveh will rise up to judgment and condemn it because, uh, with this generation, and condemn it because they repented at Jonah's proclamation and look, something or someone greater than Jonah is here. Jesus is greater than the prophets. He's greater than Moses. He's, he's greater than Elijah. Uh, he's greater than Jonah. Uh, Jesus is showing, hey, look, this is what I'm claiming for myself. I'm not just a prophet. I'm not just a good man. I'm not just a teacher. I want to tell you something. I'm greater than this. This is why you need to respond to me. Um, And then uh, he goes on uh, to show that he says, I want you to follow me. I want you to seek me. I want you to see me as I really am. That's the, the point of this discussion. And he talks about your eye being good in verse 34. He says, when your eye is good, your whole body is full of light. What's he talking about there? I, I believe what he's saying is when you set your eye upon Jesus Christ to follow him, to seek him, to understand him, and, and to, to, to live for him, you'll find that your life is filled with his light. But when you put your focus on anything else, It will rob you of the light that God desires for you. Jesus is saying, Seek me. He said, Look, notice this. This is my greatness. Who provides light? Well, I seem to remember in Genesis chapter 1 that God said, Let there be light. Jesus is saying, Hey, I'm the source of light, I'm the one who created the universe. I'm the one who set the stars in space. I'm the one who separated the day and the night and told the ocean how far it could go. Put your eye upon me and your life will be filled with light. Look anywhere else and you won't have the satisfaction that a relationship with me brings. His greatness means that we're to look to him above all else. And his greatness means that we're to seek to love him. To the Pharisees, who were very religious, in verse 42, he says, You bypass justice and love for God. Because of his greatness, Jesus wants us to love him. It's not enough just to be religious. Jesus wants us to pursue him in love. Then he goes on to say, in verse 52, Woe to the experts in the law, you have taken away the key of knowledge. Who's the key of knowledge? Jesus is. Jesus is saying, listen, you've rejected me. And because you've rejected me, you've rejected the key of knowledge. You, you can't have eternal life. And nobody that follows you can have eternal life either. You need to look to me. The greatness of Jesus is that he is the one who provides salvation for his people. There's no other. His greatness is the reason we should respond to him. No one ever spoke like him. No one has ever been able to create a universe like he did. No one can change a human heart and bring light into a dark soul like Jesus. No one can transform a heart and give a person new life in Christ like Jesus can. We need to respond to him because of his greatness. Respond to him in salvation. Trust him to save you. He is mighty to save. He, he is able. That's why Jesus had to come. Because no one else could fulfill the requirements of God but Jesus. Uh, he said, Father, if it's possible that this cup pass from me. It wasn't possible. There was no one else. There was no other way that, that man could be redeemed but that the God-man, Jesus Christ, would in His divine power bear the penalty for all mankind. So if you don't know Christ, you need to put your faith in Him. Trust Him for salvation. Um, But if you're a believer, you need to trust Him in the day-to-day walk you have with Him in your Christianity. You know what the Scripture says? He is the author and the finisher of our faith. Peter says we are kept by the power of God through faith. Jesus doesn't just save you at the outset. He keeps you. And then one day he comes for you. It's him from from start to finish. Look to him. Trust him in his greatness. Seek him with all your heart. Jesus is worthy of a whole lifetime of pursuit. And then one day. We'll get to see him face to face. Reasons to respond to Jesus, respond to him because of his power, his wisdom, his resurrection, and his goodness. And seek him with all your heart. God gave a promise. He said, you will seek me and you'll find me when you seek me with all your heart. Seek him. He is the key to everything. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much.